1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Kolker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Bromwitz, John Rojas, talking New York City FC major league soccer playoffs uh, guys so much to get into we're going to have a complete breakdown in fact john rojas has spent uh, the majority of today rewatching the game over and over he's got pages and pages of notes so we're going to get into uh the game obviously everything that took place in the shootout there are just so many things to think about when we go back and try and analyze and, and relive uh that playoff matchup between new york city fc and orlando and we're going to talk about the rest of the playoffs as well some crazy finishes uh, Sporting KC, uh, some crazy finishes in Portland, Uh, so a lot of shootouts, a lot to get to, but we would be remiss if we didn't kick off the show and start with the latest news around NYCFC. and it's not the most pleasant topic to talk about, but we need to bring it up because it's pertinent to New York City FC. The news came out today. We're recording this on a Monday night. This came out Monday morning. Pablo Mauer from The Athletic. Um, This was a further investigation into some of the sexual allegation and harassment charges against David Villa by a former intern, um, as it turns out, some very credible uh, information in that report. Um, and look, guys, this is somewhat of a, let's be honest, an uncomfortable situation to talk about, but it merits that we talk about it. And um, look, we were all uh, have been part of the, the radio broadcast and been with the team since day one. And we're so excited um, by so much of what David Villa did on the field for this team and uh, the reputation he built for New York city FC and his leadership on the field. But this is obviously a, you know, a a sad thing and a serious thing that we need to at least look at and talk about a little bit. And Glenn, I I turn to you first with this, um, to get your thoughts as as a former coach um, um, at The college level um, and uh, still a coach today at the PDA level and uh, I know your one takeaway uh, your initial thought at least was and I don't want to put words in your mouth but your initial thought was as we were getting ready to to bring up how we wanted to go about having this discussion on on the show is this first and foremost has to be a teaching moment for everybody.
1: Yeah well look I have a wife I have a a daughter who uh, is 22 years old uh, and uh, yeah, I, I do. I have coached uh, since 1983 and predominantly it's been on the women's side. So uh, the sensitivity that I've learned along the way to, you know, be careful with what you say, how you conduct yourself. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take this to another step I, where, when I was coaching at Rutgers university uh, the players, the substitutes would come in towards, you know, the halfway line. And sometimes I would put my arm around them and get close just to, to, to give them some instruction or, you know, something like that. And I came home one night and uh, my wife suggested to me and it wasn't out of any uh, sense of jealousy or anything like that, but she just said, you got to be really careful with that. Part of it had to do with the, you know, Rutgers and, and some of their mandates and their sensitivity training unto itself and what you could and couldn't do. But she said it's a it's a little tricky, and she just wanted me to be careful. And you know, so I've I'm in tune with this. Um, you know, I don't go for the cultural. It's okay to come up and hug and kiss people all the time, and you know, all that kind of stuff. I, uh, you know, a man and on a woman, uh, you know, that's just I. That's part of my sensitivity training of coaching women uh, all these years, and uh, I, I think it's the respectful and the, and the most respectful way. Uh, is is to treat them with uh you know absolute certainty that uh you know there's a boundary there and and you have to be careful um, as far as this story and the girl's name is Skylar Badio um, interestingly uh, she was uh, studying at lIU Brooklyn where I coached for many years on the women's side I started the women's soccer program there and you know I think first and foremost uh, it's you know how we have to feel for what she went through as she was just trying to earn credit, you know, to, you know, advance in in, in the field that she wanted to uh, to, to be employed in. Uh, so look, the club, you know, the, the story is not new, but what's new is uh, the interview of her and her quotes. And also Pablo Mauer from the athletic um, got some anonymous thoughts from, uh, from players, uh, in the club on the first team about, you know, some of this is specific to uh, David Villa. So look, and yeah, when I say learning moment, I mean that, and, and look at what's happened over the last I've lost track of all the months, but the, the civic unrest with COVID with how people treat each other through all this. I mean, we, it, people have learned how to comport themselves in, in certain situations. I think better whether we're adults or young people um, I, I, I hope most of us have, have gotten better during this period of time and have uh, realized things like when John Morgan, a, a black assistant coach, who's a great friend of mine, who's coached with me, is now at Tennessee, talked about how uh, at Tennessee, where they have you know a number of black athletes and how a, a, a white athlete would come in as a freshman. And he said, you know, we have to we have to keep in mind that this young white woman from suburbia may have never not only lived with a a black person before, but been a teammate of one or, you know, and, and he said, it's not an excuse, but it's, it's reality. They, they're not quite sure how to act in those situations. And you know what you could again, I go back to the cultural thing. You know, some of the cultural stuff is, you know, people, people uh, interact differently. I recognize that, but we have to learn that, you know, whatever environment you're in, you have to have the utmost respect for all the people around you. But if you're a man, absolutely for a woman and all i do is think of my 22 year old daughter when i hear a story like this it's the first thing that comes to mind so it's very upsetting i think the club responded uh they've you know to this point you know they've they've promised to have this uh and i don't know what what what's what's been engaged or not as far as sensitivity training but that's what's that's what happens on campuses across the country businesses across the country you know Mistakes are made. You learn. You better get better. And that's the situation. So I went on a little bit, but it does mean a lot to me because I've been involved in the women's game for so long.
3: Well, this is how the Me Too movement evolved right? and started. And we've learned so much from it. And we have to continue to learn because as much as we have learned, there's still so much more to learn. And you you feel for Skylar and you feel for other women who have been in positions like this and uh who have been afraid to come forward especially when you have somebody who uh is powerful uh whatever business it is in either it's entertainment or just regular business or sports and then you you feel that your whole world as bad as things are because of what you're suffering through could even fall apart even more if you come forward and then having the guts uh to be able to do that so you know, my hat's off to her and my hat off to, you know, all the women who have struggled with all of this and continue. And hopefully this gives them an opportunity to to come out as well. And it's sad because, you know, we had one sort of vision about David and who who we know and everything. And and it's just one of these things where the, the, the based on the reporting by, by Pablo, who does a great job for, for the athletic. And we've known for a long, long time, um, You know, the, uh, the allegations are very, very credible. We know he denied it, but you know, the allegations based on what he's saying here in the article are extremely credible and it's just so disappointed. We, you know, we know that the team, you know, acted upon this and, um, as you said, Glenn, you know, we we all hope to to grow from this and uh, that, you know, something like this just doesn't get repeated. And hopefully this also stops something like this happening someplace else where maybe somebody's behavior who might have an intention to do something like this. They wind up reading this and said, you know, I- I'm not going to do this. You know, they make them think twice about, you know, what they're doing.
0: And not only... Not only that. I mean, in that learning process. Not only that, but as 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 maybe uh, co-workers or someone, right? Or, or or people who share spaces and and uh, training and situations with others. I mean, learn too, that we need to speak up if we see something that is wrong because it's easier to deal with those kind of situations, you know, when they're happening. And and we have to ga- have the gods, who, I mean, whoever it is who is doing wrong, you got to talk. It's not okay just because someone has a name or is a man or is a woman or is my boss or is my mentor or whatever it is. It's just is playing wrong. What is wrong is wrong. And I think everybody is, you know, especially when you are around professional people, everybody understands what's wrong in any single aspect. So... You know, uh,
1: John, you're, we're, you're we're so not, right. You're so right there. And if I could just interrupt because, you know, I every year as a youth coach, I have to take a, a, a play safe. I, I can't remember the exact actual the actual name of it, uh, but it's a national organization. And that's the, the thrust of it. And the thing that always stu- stood out to me is that if you observe something, don't just keep it inside, you know you know report it whatever the the proper protocol is you know whatever the the line of communication is, is at that time and it's it's geared towards youth the, the actual players but also you know the coaches if they observe something for, of another coach that's within their club maybe it could be a friend of theirs so um you're right I mean I, and, I think that's where them. a lot of it's gone
0: um, haywire is is the exactly. lack of reporting Exactly. And, and I mean, we're, we're not judges. We don't have the facts. so We cannot condemn anybody. But at the same time, we cannot dismiss a victim. Right. So if you are the right. one not if you're not the one who sees the thing, but you're the one in charge of listening to those kind of complaints, you have to act. You know, I mean, you can't you say, oh, no, he wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. Wait, let's do it now. Let's act now because that's the way you respect people. And then I guess that's, you know, like closing the circle of that learning process. Yeah. Well, well put, guys. And, you know, again,
1: it's a, it's a situation that, you uh, uh, that you know we should be sensitive to on on a lot of different uh, levels, but but in particular the uh, the young lady that it impacted the most exactly. because Ed, nobody can be you can't be it's just like if you know I think there's times where we've and you you just can't make somebody feel uncomfortable in a work environment you can't do that can't do it
0: and there's lies. there's period. lies on the line there's lies on the line I mean the learning process and and the actions taken and whatever it is, is not going to get those days back to anybody, to any victim, you know, and you don't know how far the damage is. Every person reacts differently to the experience. So in one of those days, how many people can be, you know, committing suicide in situations like pressure like that in the, in the work environment, right. Or school, whatever it is. It's just, that's the point. I mean, you, You need to take care of the people around you. and It's it's easy, to be honest. It's easy.
2: Well, look, we'll certainly keep our eyes and ears out for, you know, as the story progresses or if more comes out um, or certainly anything put out by the team itself. But guys, let's turn our attention now to the match, New York City FC and Orlando City, I spent all day thinking about this match while I was working, and I had to actually go back and look at when the goals were because there were so many things that happened after the first eight minutes that it, I, had to, I had to go back and look and see when the goals were to refresh my memory as to who scored and what happened. Um, this was a game, uh, guys, that had so many twists and turns. Uh, we mentioned the two early goals. First, the, the PK goal for Nani off the handball by Tinnerholm. New York City responds with a, a great set-piece goal three minutes later off a corner kick. Maxime Chanot. it's 1-1. Uh, City looked like the better team for the majority of the match. Um, the, the numbers bear that out. They end up going up a man, and you think, okay, wow, they're really going to have a chance to, to bury this one and put it away. But it's actually Orlando City, with a, being a man down, that looked like the better team and really get the best chance of of that time period was techo tesho akandeli missed a, a wide open um opportunity literally uh, at the end of the game uh you know we go into the overtime sessions and then the whole craziness of the shootout um but i don't know i don't even know where to begin there's so many things uh you know huon going down and, and being down forever before he finally got up to to get his red card and sending out Reha running up into the tunnel schlegel coming on to, to play goalie during the shootout, uh, but I guess we have to start, Glenn, with the match itself and, you know, look, we were on the call together with Matty Lawrence and City were the, were the better team and uh, outside of the two goals, uh, one from each side, New York City really had the best two opportunities in regulation, a Medina opportunity then a Keaton Parks uh, chance off a, a second chance opportunity. It was just a world-class save uh, at, at that point um, by by Gillespie but, uh, you know, now that you've had a, a day to reflect on it, um, just what stands out to you from the, I guess, let's start with the match itself.
1: Well, I, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Ronnie Dyla had a lot to say after the game, um, Tinner home being forced out uh, by a mysterious medical. uh, I didn't even mention that, right? Which we didn't even, which we didn't even. uh, So he was really perturbed about that. And then uh, as he said, uh, and then you come into penalties and he said, where should I start? The worst is that he meaning Alan Chapman forgets that they have to take another penalty to end up winning the match. So I've fast forwarded a little bit, but I'm going back to his point where he said, he said, "Ultimately, we didn't deserve to win the game because when we were up a, a, a man, when it was 11 versus 10, uh, they didn't take advantage of that situation. In fact, they became undisciplined. They played as individuals. Uh, they were just, and that lack of discipline led to counterattacks where Orlando City was very dangerous. A man down, and as Diallo said, at you know, they really probably had uh, the better opportunities." During that course of time, which was a half hour plus, what it was the eighty seventh minute, Huan was uh, ejected. There were what minutes, ten? Man. Pardon? Forty minutes. They played forty right because there was ten minutes with of stoppage time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So forty minutes a man up, and and they really did. I, I mean, this is not even. It's it's not a literal, but they really did nothing with it. Like nothing, and. Now you go into penalties, and it's the same old story of penalties, man. If you, if you don't take advantage of what you should, don't leave it to the penalties, you know. But the Galesse save on Keaton Parks, you know, you can look back on that and say because that was I, I haven't really seen a save like that where it from that range and Parks hit it so cleanly, and Galesse, you talk about a strong right hand, holy smokes, and um, you know, so double save. Uh, it was funny, El- Elroy uh, Room. He got the MLS Save of the Year on a double save. Well, this one was better, in my estimation. But anyway, so that I, you know, I- I've just kind of uh, touched on the surface of all this. But um, and wh- I don't know if you want to uh, hear the Dyla, um comment now uh, that he had post game because he- I thought he was pretty harsh on his players and maybe even his staff. Why don't we play that? Yeah, let's and go ahead and take a listen on to the it. Other side.
4: We need better mentality to stand up when it really really is fire then you know we have this this game in our hands and we lost it and that's a mentality thing we have to improve people have to improve i have to improve everybody has to improve we don't get that impact. i talked about it the first day i talked with you you know we will have up and downs together it's about are you willing to improve are you willing to do, sacrifice everything to be a winner? We are not there yet, but we're getting better. But we need to, we need to have, I want players. I want staff, I want everybody who wants to win. And then we have to stand up in situations like this. And we are, not ready yet, but we will be ready. And, uh, it's another opportunity when we come to, uh, to Orlando again, um, to, to show that we that we all learned something from today. I have to look at myself, what I did wrong. Uh, players have to look at themselves as well. And then uh, we have to find out what we do in the next situation when this coming up. But um, again, I'm devastated now because this was a uh, big, big chance for us. And uh, I really think and thought that we could go all the way this year. But uh, we didn't do it. We made a good fight. So I'm sure it was fantastic to watch. Uh, but um, but um, we should have won this game.
1: So Tom, boys, I mean, you know, I, the thing I take from that is that he I, he doesn't truly feel he's got the right people to win an MLS Cup in his program. That's what I take from it. Anybody, uh,
2: Roberto, what do you think?
3: Let, let, let me continue to where Glenn is right now, and because we discussed this after the game when we had our uh, well Glenn's debut uh, show on Street Hey, we
1: NYC and, uh, post-game live. I enjoyed that. You you and the final, the, the, the first episode. First and last. last. <laughs> so but, what we wound up talking, we talked about a lot of
3: things there after the game, and it was all very new and very raw. But um, what still stands out to me, and I think that this is something that the team eventually is going to have to address, is um, they have a whole bunch of great guys in the locker room, and they've got a whole bunch of great players in the locker room. And they they, they play great on the field. And we've always spoken about that there's something that's missing and 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 I think that you need the type of leaders that comes from winning and to have guys who have championships either either league cup world cup libertadores champions league whatever it is and that they've been not only just part of it but partly responsible for it if you understand what i mean okay not as a follower but as a leader and to bring that mentality to the room to be able to literally show a ring and say hey this is what it took to get this this is what we have to do and this is where we're going to this is what we're going to have to do to to go out and achieve this and i think that there's something to be said about having that sort of leadership in the locker room And to be able to get New York City over the hump, because what's happening is that we've had several seasons now of New York City having on paper teams that have more than a reasonable chance of winning it all and falling short. And it's always seems to be the first round. They've only won two games in the playoffs And one of them was for a series, which is against Philadelphia, which they won 3-1 at Yankee Stadium two years ago. And that's been it. Everything else they've lost. And so you've got to find to have the right mix of not only talent on the field, but leadership in the locker room that is going to take New York City to the next level. Sometimes when you have losses like this, you learn from them and then you wind up winning. But so far, New York City's had four years in a row of losses like this. And at some point, you've got to take that lesson learned and make it into something that is going to bring you a championship because they've got the talent on the field to be able to do this. They just haven't been able to produce it.
2: All right, John Rojas, I know you've got a list of notes there. (laughs) Where do you want to start? He has five hours of game that he just watched.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that should be the disclosure that I should make. I did not watch the game live. And I think that is an advantage for me, not because I knew the result, but because I can stop, back, forward, you know, rewind whatever I want to do with the game and actually, you know, dissect it. we we should let everybody know too. John is in Colombia and
1: he is sipping on his mate as we speak in, in true Colombian fashion. So well done, John.
0: We don't, by the way, mate is not from Colombia. Yeah. It's Argentinian. I I said it, but (laughs) if you're in Colombia, it's in true Colombian fashion. I, uh, yeah, I got you. Okay. And actually
1: it started in Uruguay. Can I, can I, can I trump you guys South America? Don't
0: don't start that. It's (laughs) a fight between Uruguay, Paraguay and Argentina.
3: Yeah. You uh, you you don't so want to go there. <laughs> but right. if you want to talk about Colombian beverages, you have to be talking coffee.
0: Anyways, thanks, Lynn.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and aguardiente. Uh, and All I'm
0: right. in Colombia. Yeah, and I'm in Colombia. I'm basically quarantined in a you know, country house. We. For so the record, I'm
2: drinking a Heineken, one of our mm-hmm. sponsors. Is
1: that the Heineken Zero Zero?
0: No. All right, no, so, you're oh, not so
1: the ah. end of the podcast
0: might be. <laughs> quite um, so let's see on if Tom's he you know, yep.
1: He's gonna slur his way through yeah. the end. All right, go ahead, John.
0: <laughs> Good job, Tom. Yeah, no, I mean, I wanted to say that upfront because it's totally different. What you see live, it's totally different than that. What you can dissect a game, and man, it's so on NYCSC fault in so many levels and so many actions. And so many decisions, even from the bench. Because you know, I mean, I understand uh Dyla with with the clip that you that we play, but man, his decisions too are like I don't understand. There's many things that he can do to help this team, you know? And and Go ahead. They, they were there. They weren't there. Well, start start let's talk about a
1: few of them, man. Start yeah. listing
0: them. Let's start, for example. That the, I mean, one thing is that the referee crew is totally a non-goal. I mean, if, if it was in my hand, they wouldn't be again on a field for at least six months, and they should go back and re-study the, the rules of the game and start with USL and make your way up again to MLS.
3: Well, they okay. were suspended the rest of the playoffs. I so. know, that's not enough. <laughs> but I mean the the league and but, well not the league but all right but what's your point? That obviously yeah, that my, point,
0: my point. In, yeah, my point in that is that, and I'm not talking only because of the you know penalty kick situation, the, the, the definition situation, right? The, the the definition from the spot. I'm talking about the whole game with the referee crew. But when you go to the definition, I mean someone from your crew, from your technical staff should know the rules and go to the full referee and say it, okay? You should fight for your team too. It's not like, oh, he didn't even know that the goalkeeper couldn't be, uh, you know, the, the substitute goalkeeper can be sent in. No, you should know the rules. That's why you don't call this a penalty kick. You call it a definition from the penalty spot because the penalty kick implies a foul on the box Mm -hmm, right and the definition is after the game okay that's why you cannot have substitutions you play with the players on the field at the end of the game so your crew your technical staff should be aware of those too it's not just blaming them you fight for your team that's one thing Second thing, if we still go with the, with the definition from the penalty spot. We all know that Maxi Morales is the leader of the team, is a great player, but we know that he struggles with penalty kicks. I'm not saying he shouldn't take it, but he is not your first one because your first shooter is your best in terms of putting it in. That's your advantage. So your guy, your captain, your leader on the field, if it is not really good enough or confident enough with the penalty kicks, you put in him third or four and you talk to him, even if he asks, I want to be the first, listen, I want you on the third. And you create whatever it is, the lie or the, or the concept or whatever it is for him to believe that he will better serve the team if he does it third and not first. So you put in your team in a position already. That is not the best position. Okay. How long do you need to see Makai Steven on that field? The best, the best action that Makai Steven had during the game was receiving that kick from Ron or the send off. That was his best action. He was nowhere to be seen. You don't need 120 minutes to see it. He has to come out at halftime, period. You're not helping your team if you don't see those things. I, game. uh, I called for him to come out at
1: the hour, Mark. So I was okay. a little later than you, but okay, exactly. yeah, yeah we
3: were, we were around there something. too. We, we, we figured that would be the first change. We were shocked that it took so long for, yeah. to make a lineup change.
0: Do something now, if you have really, I mean, you know, at the beginning without explanation, just watching the game, I did not understand what happened with Tinnerholm, right? Yeah. But then when you get the explanation, you say, okay, if you are obligated to do this, you have no position with 10 guys. Play three on the back. Play three on the back with Idiaga and give your team a better chance to manage the ball up front and attack in a better way. This team was all over the place. Breakdown, three or four attacking, six defending. Um, 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 spaces. Um, spaces no. that, are, that were too big. You know they were,
1: no, they, they ran aimlessly, John. And, uh, and I thought it was very, it became very individual because of that. They were, you know, they were, I, and I think part of it, I, they looked weary. Um, I, I think there's a psychological component here and you've probably played enough games, John, where it happened, where all of a sudden your team is up a man. And you do, you do, you do change a little bit. Unfortunately, you know, you become a different team. Sometimes you let up and that's well, the reason why you,
0: you know, but that's why you had leadership from the bench. Sure. So one of the guys is, hey, listen, talk to those guys because we break down. We are two space up. I, but I
1: disagree. Not lead leadership from the bench. See, this is where I disagree with you. Yeah. Leadership from the bench. OK, but who on the field is yes. putting their is putting their, you know, I arms know. on their shoulders,
0: hands on their shoulders and shaking the living crap out of them to say, hey, I'm with you I'm with you. But if that well, who happens, is that if, it, if that is not happening on the field, because you don't see it and you're the boss, you do it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Nobody on the field took responsibility to stop at some moment and say, hey, guys, what's going on here? There's three guys attacking and we're six defending a big chunk of space. Yeah, come on. Let's get it together. Yeah. If no, that was did it. Someone has to see it. You see it, watching it. That's the big point.
1: I still so, say even look. It, but it that sort of thi- <laughs> there's no timeouts, man. That has to come from guys in the middle, in the middle of the game playing the game. That's got to be Sean Johnson running 35 yards up the field or a dead ball situation and and doing something. Where's it? Why isn't he? Where's Chano? You know where Ring was still in the game at the time. Yeah, where's he Ring
3: 115. Yeah, he played 115 minutes. You
1: know wh- where's Ring? Where's Ring? I'm I'm just saying why how could you not be on that pitch and see that it was getting it was just it was complete all they had to do is put their foot on the ball and knock the ball around a little bit knock it side to side make them chase a little bit and you're gonna get you're gonna start running it you know wherever you you once you switch it you're gonna have space to run into and and gaps will open up gaps always open up inevitably against the team that's playing ten so. uh, I, I, it was it was disturbing to watch, and that the no player took charge of it. Now,
3: really, I also remember really... that Ronnie didn't make any lineup changes until five minutes of of uh, of, of stoppage time. Well, buff coaching. There was zero. I mean, z- you went ninety five minutes without any lineup changes, and then he put into Juri Shradi Acevedo, and he was forced to put in Ibeaga because Tinnerholm was uh, was phone called out of the game. <sighs>
2: Well, yeah. Let's let's go over that situation for a minute. Because, Wait, let me
0: let me let me, yeah. let me just finish with one thing, uh, because uh, you know talking about the the personnel, do we really need to see Torarianson if you're going to keep Matarita there? No, I I don't know what I'm not sure. Well, he took Matarita
3: out. out. He took Matarita yeah, out. Matarita was out. Right. Yeah, he took. That was a one for one change.
0: Right. But the thing is, you lost already the right side, right? Yeah. So the with player on the right side because you don't have. Uh, Tinnerholm, and and Ibeaga went nowhere further the half line, and then you miss him Matarita too. That we all know is more attacking than defending. And Matarita
3: was probably spent at that point because he ran up and down the field like crazy.
0: Here's yeah, what a, here's what, what we have to. With what we
1: have to hope is that Goody was not put in to take PKs. Let's just we'll, we have to. We'll, hope we'll that get
2: can... to that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, That's we insane. think Matt is better uh, at that. But I let's go that. back to let's go back no, to. No, there's general.
1: so many stories to this game. There's
0: if so I have the, to fly back to take that guy away from NYCFC. I saw <laughs> him with the with the luggage to the airport. Okay,
2: we'll put you in charge of that endeavor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll be, so, you be you can be his Uber or his Uber, Uber driver yeah. there.
2: Okay, yeah. so the tenor home situation, guys, still a lot of confusion around this. So he gets the body check from Huan, down for a while. Doctors come out. They're clearly evaluating you know, his condition. Obviously, the first thing you're checking for is some kind of concussion protocol and system. He comes over the sideline, gets the okay by presumably the doctor and this medical staff there at the stadium to return to the match, goes back out. And then is later substituted for, and you clearly he's visibly frustrated. when the camera got a good shot of him coming out, saying, Why am I coming out? I want to play. Uh, and then you can hear him saying, Yeah, time. you could hear it. Yeah, you he could said, hear it. I
1: don't want to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't, don't want to come out,
2: right? And then, when asked about it in the post game, Ronnie Dylas said the decision to take him out was not made by himself or anyone at the stadium, that somewhere a doctor from some location other than the stadium said that he had to come out of the match. And we still, as we're recording this podcast, Glenn on a Monday night, have no idea who that was. And I know inquiries have been made.
1: Yeah. A couple I've um, I've got an email into the league, uh, which is the way I communicate with them on these kinds of things and uh, still no response. And I, I think it deserves a response since you know, the, the head coach of one of your teams afterwards said, you know, was, you know, incredulous that somebody a- off site uh, made this decision when uh, the only thing the the one thing I know happens at these games is that there's somebody either in the press area or somewhere in the stadium above that will watch the player in question closely and then can make a decision to pull him. No, but John, no, the the person there's an extra person at the stadium who has an elevated view
0: watching him. Not not ground level. More, so because the independent doctor is at the ground level. Pardon? And the independent doctor is at the ground level. Yes, he. Is, yes,
1: he is. But there is mm-hmm. there's eyes in the sky. Now, the eyes in the sky now may be, you know, I don't know, in Minneapolis, watching the game on TV. I I don't know. I don't know. We don't know because we haven't gotten any kind of response, including uh, the communications department hasn't gotten a response either uh, for New York City FC from the league on this. So I think it deserves a response to just explain the protocol and and how the decision was made to take off a guy who felt like he was perfectly fine. Maybe he wasn't, but he's arguably the best defender in MLS, a great attacking guy out of the back on the right side. Ibiaga replaces him, as John said, you know, who is not going to get much past the halfway line. And, um, you know, whether it would have had a final impact on the game, who knows? Maybe Tinnerholm takes the first penalty. You know, who knows? Uh, uh, Tinnerholm did take the penalty against Orlando, as did Medina, and converted in the uh, U.S. Open Cup match uh, back in whenever in 2019. So Tanner Holmes, one of your guys to take PKs most likely.
0: Yeah, that's true, Glenn. But even with what you have there, you have to manage, right? You, you cannot be guessing what could be, you know, what if. Yeah, I, I know. I, but I, and, and they have enough. They do have enough sure. to that, face well, any team. At the end of the day, that's, and Dyla said that, you know, after all these different things that he went over and reviewed. Right, but he, he didn't said, say I had to manage this group better because I did not manage them good, you know. Yeah, he did say that. He He did say, I have to be better. He took ownership of some of it, too. I have to be better. It's just like slapping the players, but at the same time, I say something about me, so they don't say anything. That's not right. You know, the, 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 the chip is on his hands. Why going out and throw it at the players without blaming himself first for so many things?
3: No, he's, he he has a lot of responsibility for sure, and you know we've we've enumerated a, quite a few of them.
1: So, Listen, and there's doctor, a lot of you know he has a lot of support on the touchline, you know, and I mean you know it's like of course, yeah, exactly. You you wonder how these uh and, and one thing you know just for us in particular you know we didn't we didn't get as close a look as to how everything operates this year we couldn't, so we're we're not Imagine quite as and Dominic Kinnear. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I raised my hand, but I, I, I didn't pass
0: protocol. So Exactly. Listen, anyways, I think that the NYCFC season uh, was tell in one play. In the minute 16, Pedro Galese has the ball. He is on the box alone. He has no support on the right or the left. Maxi Morales is coming to the pressure. And Pedro Gallese picks the ball up, right? He scooped the ball up with one foot and tosses it over the Maxi with the other foot. And yeah, that's NYCSC yeah. season. Always so close, always with the advantage, always very, very close to the, to the end line of the opposition, but the info.
1: That was audacious, uh, the, that uh, little uh, maneuver by G- <laughs> Galese.
0: <laughs> it was. It
3: reminded me of Iguita. It reminded me of something that Rene Igita would probably do and not think about it twice. Hey, you remember? he just did it with all the calm in the world, and he's got all the skill in the world to be able to do that and to have the confidence to do that in that spot in a tie game. Uh, that's just amazing.
1: But remember a couple of minutes earlier, these were both early in the game, right? I mean, a couple of minutes earlier he had uh sixteen minutes he cut he cut it back against the grain against Castellanos who was pressuring him. So yeah. Castellanos is coming in from his to, to his left, to Galese's left, towards his right peg, and he cuts it against the grain.
0: It was uh I mean it was uh let's let's face it, it was ballsy. Both yeah. of them. Yeah, you know? there were so many stories. So many stories in that in that game. And we
3: haven't even gone to the shootout yet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which is the craziest of them all.
2: Yeah, but even before we get, well, let's get to that in a minute, but going to the the point when they're up a man, I mean, Glenn, you talked about it on our broadcast. These are are situations you train in, right? This is not something that you should walk into and be unfamiliar with in terms of how to react and how to play, whether you're up or down a man.
1: You play man up and man down and train. I mean, I'm sure they do, like all the time um especially man up, sometimes two man up and and against a, a a team with a low block I mean you just you train that off and it, and it all has to do with ball movement and that's what they lacked. the ball didn't move during that period of time. a lot of players ran with the ball, but the ball didn't move and and the fact that they didn't change the point and, and swing it left to right and right to left more often in in uh, in, in that climate where you It's the old coaches saying, "Let the ball do the work." You know, anybody that's played or coached, they've heard that Mm -hmm. phrase over and over and over again. But it couldn't; uh, it it was never more true for that period of time. And New York City never made "let the ball do the work." They did too much work, including recovery runs on on Orlando City counterattacks, and that's why they
0: had no legs at the end of that match. They could barely move. Most of those guys, Glenn. There were two shots on frame after the send off. And before the end of the of the regulation, wow. two shots. One I, I didn't I didn't know it was that block, One that was blocked by Antonio Carlos is Maxi ripping the ball and Antonio oh, yeah, Carlos yeah. the ball hit his chest. That was big Right. Time. And the other one was uh, Matarita. Yeah,
2: That's it? he had a good he had a good go. That's it. So That's we it. get to the shootout. All right, Roberto. You want to take us through this and just the, the craziness that unfolded? Because this was it's so many bizarre moments in this um, that just had all of us, uh, at least myself and, and Glenn and Matt, just shaking our heads as we're, we're trying to just talk about what's going on. <laughs> so before
3: the penalty, we even know what the order is and all that. Ariel and I on the Spanish broadcast are wondering, what where, where do you uh, what happens with Morales? What's happening with Maxi? And then we see that Maxi is going to take the first kick. And so I remember saying on the broadcast that I said, well, if you're nervous about Maxi Morales taking the first kick, that 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 part of it is going to get solved immediately. And he (laughs) winds up striking it really, really hard. And he just dents the bar. And you just got that sinking feeling that this just wasn't going to be New York City's day. And you go through the other kicks and everything is fine until you get to Castellanos kick and he gets stopped. They celebrate the win. And then all of a sudden you start seeing Alan Chapman, you know, talking into his headset and talking to the linesman and and then getting everybody back to be able to say, hey, He's off the line and replays because it was a very good replay from behind the goal shows clearly that he jumps forward first before diving to his right. And it was the absolute right call to say, hey, this has to be retaken. But then you've got the craziness of four referees on the field plus two VAR referees not knowing what the rules are, or if somebody did, they weren't being listened to. And that is, there is no substitution after 120 minutes. doesn't matter if you Roberto, have a substitution befo- left. Before, trip.
1: Go. Roberta, before you get to that, uh, so Gillespie was, uh, was yellow card was cautioned, uh, which is the old rule, which, and this is, this is what's unbelievable about MLS sometimes, right? So it's the old rule. IFAB. Change the rule but mls said and what they did it. they changed the rule that you get a verbal warning before you get the yellow caution okay yeah,
3: they do that in the summer before all just the other let leagues me, start
1: le, correct let me let me finish so mls decides well you know it happened midstream we're going to keep the old rule just so there's you know no confusion this is the same league that introduced var in july right in the middle of of, or august right in the middle of a season to alter the path of so many games from that point on and experiment with things uh, i think the comparison is just so if you're going to do that and and complete that that's a huge change for you know the way the the game is called and how they figure everything out and then you're not going to go with ifab's law because you think it might I, I don't know what you would think yeah, we're going to wait till the end of our season before we do this. Yeah, so there, might be some year, pre- there might be precedent I don't know about, but that's pretty interesting that he was booked when the IFAB law says, you know, the world governing body of the law book says, no, you get a warning first.
3: Yeah, but last year, MLS did the exact same thing, which was what the IFAB had changed the rules and MLS finished the season with all the rules that they started with and they didn't adjust until the following season. I forget exactly what the rules are at this point. Oh, I know. It was, no,
1: you're right. It's, the, it's the, the ability to be for your center backs to be in the box on a and goal else, kick.
3: Right, that, yeah. right. And so all those rules, because it was more than one, they didn't adjust those until the new season began. And so, well, that, basically, they're following the precedent that they set last year.
0: I don't have any issue with that, Glenn. Yeah, because no, neither do I. Because, because everybody knew. Right. No, it's no, not, I don't.
1: I don't. I don't mean even that. I just when when it happened and when I know what the law was, it's like, and no, I don't I mean, think I even said it on the broadcast. I because I I knew what the new law was, so I was all right. Well, maybe it's a you know with COVID too. I I wondered, you know, is there. Like when Roe came out, you know, is there an extra substitution allowed or, you know, who knows, you know, it might be a COVID rule.
0: I understand your point, but that is what says so much about the, the lack of understanding of the game from the referee. I mean, at least on the day, I don't know if he maybe didn't sleep well, maybe he had some, you know, personal problems, nobody knows, but on the day. The guy was away from the game. You, you know? think during
1: the you because, think during listen, the you,
0: do you think the first 90 minutes he was poor? Of course. I,
1: I didn't see it that way. I of didn't, I, I didn't see different. anything
3: outrageous there in the first 90 minutes.
0: He was consistent. Right. Hold you on. Know, there were a lot of there were and a lot of letting him
2: play. That's for sure.
0: In the minute 40, that hand from nanny on the box is a penalty kick.
1: Well, I brought that up in our post-game live. Well, so but that you, was reviewed uh, in VAR.
3: Hold on. So let, well, so, so that might not here. be on the
1: referee, John. That might the VAR and
3: clear and obvious. But stop. No, hold, but on. hold on. Wait. No. Wait. no stop. Let, me, let no, me, no, no, stop. Go. What I have to say. I have something to say.
0: Because we're not in the business of clearing people. I'm not the in game, the business they, of clearing people. That's not he, what it's about. The game is his responsibility. Yes. Stop. He has to see it. That's not that's not the way they do it though. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, he didn't see it. So now you tell him that the same four that did not know the rules for the substitution did not see a hand that is a penalty kick.
3: Well, first that is
0: exactly the same concept. The movement is different, but it's exactly the same concept of the penalty kick that he gave Orlando. Yes. Okay, hold on, hold on, because we keep going with the guy. No, I, I,
3: I get that. I get that, John. But at the same time, first of all, I, in, in relation to the play, it was hard to see where he was standing because we we're only watching it on TV. OK, that's one. It's a bang, bang play. It's a bang bang play. And then you, you see, and then when you're looking at it at the replay, right? So that's why you go to VAR. That's what VAR exi- exists for, to, to, to correct the mistakes that are made on the field. If, if the referees were all fantastic, it didn't miss anything. VAR wouldn't be a thing. Is that, but, is that accurate? So to my point again, but
0: hold up! On, but only wait, one, but four people in the wrong side the whole day. Then. But hold on.
3: So the, the ball hits him somewhere between the shoulder and possibly the arm.
0: And, and, they, they, the saw referee, it, and they saw it at the beginning uh, for the penalty against near York City FC.
3: No, well it's No, that was, well, it wasn't in the same area. It but doesn't hit him in the concept. same area. It's the
0: same concept. But it,
3: but it doesn't hit him in the same area. It's different. It might be the same concept, but it's not because what he's thinking, okay, and why he didn't call it was that it hit him on the shoulder and it didn't hit him on the arm because it was in that area. Okay, and that's why. So they go to VAR, they go to VAR, and there is not one camera angle, at least that we saw, that definitively said that so, we saw something different. So but hold on, me, I'm not done. So now I let you talk. It? No, I let you talk. I let saw me talk. it. If I what? saw it
0: with the angles. You can see
3: you it. You can't, and uh, I review I it. I looked. I looked at all the angles, and we spoke about this the other day. I looked at all the angles, and there was nothing there that could determine one way or the other if it hit him on the arm or in the shoulder. Now, if Alan Chapman, okay, if Alan Chapman had said that is a penalty, and they look at it in VAR, there is nothing there to overturn it to say that it didn't. And so VAR, there was no help because they didn't have the right camera angle. So, yes, you're leaving it on him. But at the same time, it's a bang, bang play. I can understand it either way. Bec- right. And there's no way through VAR, based on the angles that they showed us, that they could change the play. There's right. none. So,
0: let's, kind, let's be kind with the guard. He missed the, f- the hand that was a penalty kick. And the minute 77... The foul from Ruan to Tinerholm is a red car. Yes, it is. Because he's using his arm as a, as a, as a, um, as a weapon. As a weapon, exactly. Yes. I and agree. He's clearly using it as a weapon. That's the concept. That's the difference between hitting someone and using it as a weapon. And that, hold on. Maybe and NYCFC didn't win the game with Ruan leaving at the 77. And instead of 40 minutes, they played 90 minutes. When with, with one man up and, and still lose the game, but the referee is still run. I am 100% in agreement with you there. Now. Thank you. I need it.
3: I know you did. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm there for you, John. I'm just there for you. I just want you then, to know.
0: Galese, Galese wasted so much time that if he wanted to actually show the yellow car, he could do it before the end of the, of, of the extra time. Okay. So if he did not do it then, why not reading the game, understanding the situation? And like let's said, this is a rule that is not anymore applied. Why not just you know, tell the guy, listen, you're risking here a red card. Let's keep playing. Yeah. Right? It's a guy who is not in the game the day, missing calls, check, not using the same concept, which is Actually, what the players want, when you are a player, all the only thing that you want from a referee crew is consistency. Period. I don't care you call me the wrong foul, but call it every time the same thing. Period. Of course. Consistency. So I just nowhere uh, to be seen.
1: I just emailed Greg Barkey, who's the chief of VAR. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and asked him about both situations: the uh, the the Nani handball or or potential handball, and the Huan collision on a Tinner home and he had responded after I, I wrote him a note. I don't remember if I said this last week. Maybe I just said it to you. I, I can't remember who I said it yeah, to, he did. but he
0: did. Yeah, the, uh, that, how yeah.
1: he yeah, how he how he did the Spanish and English uh language on the on the V A R reviews on YouTube, which I thought was pretty cool. So he wrote back and said thanks. But I so I just I just responded to see if he'll uh see if the time that we uh, are on maybe uh he'll come through with something and hopefully they'll have their uh, he will their say review, the measure has been
0: taken <laughs> Which is the, the guys? are not know. <laughs> no, guys. that one. Yeah, that measure has been taken. Howard Webb. Uh, Howard Webb uh, made insane. a decision. Got, you know, and then we go to the situation of the of the shootout, right? And it's it's insane. And in that substitution, that never, never, ever had to be that situation because everybody involved in the game knows if you read. That's the problem now. I mean, players are more involved with the social, you know, uh, social uh, platforms. <laughs> And their phones and all that. That uh, no, you know, a very small amount of players read the the the, loo- the, the, rules the rules of the game. Yeah, but you should know that. I mean, that's why when all the players take their penalty kick, it will still tie. We go again instead of substitute someone because we cannot do that. Simple. It's simple. But right. well, we do. All right. Well, we got it. It's simple. But the funny and- thing there is. Who was the guy who was going out for Roe to come in? The guy who ended up uh, making the save. He's <laughs> skillful. I know. That's see, great, isn't it? And then in the side of the NYCFC um, with, with um, Tati Castellanos, there's nobody who tells Tati, hey, listen, come back to us. Stay with us until everything else is sorted out. Don't stand in the penalty spot. wield the ball. Waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting because that is working on the head of the player. You're not supposed to be there. You know, it's pressure on your shot. So nobody is involved in this. I mean, who, you know, and probably that is to Ronnie's point. What's the character here? I mean, is nobody going to say something?
3: Yeah, well, that's Those what we talked about your, earlier, your right? Guy, about the leadership. The guy
0: is there waiting and waiting and waiting in front of the penalty. Spot. Well,
3: it's he did make up. it after all, but the still, but, the, you, I mean, you make a great point.
0: You are teach when you are 16. You go on a, on, on, on a shutout and the keeper goes to the water, you walk out of the box because you don't want that pressure on you.
1: Yeah. Well, he made it and, and he hit it low. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> with a guy, with a with a guy who doesn't play goal and and pretty admittedly pretty much after the game said so he's not he's never really played in goal except in an emergency situation in an academy game or something. And uh, and then um, I think you know I I went on quite a long time in our post game about uh, good Mündor Toraransen and and don't even take, mention that guy, but. Um, I, and this is, you know, part of the discussion was like, he should know, but somebody should maybe say something to him. Like, make sure you keep it low, dude, because, uh, you know, a guy standing straight up that's never played in goal before is, you know, his hands are here, which people can't see this, but his hands are like here. Up
2: by your face.
1: So don't, yeah, uh, show, so don't shoot it high. Line. Don't shoot it high. Shoot line. it low.
0: Pret- <laughs> Pretend that you work on radio sometimes so you can explain yeah. <laughs> 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 without the visuals. Yes. You're supposed to pay into picture Uh,
1: all right yeah i guess i've done that long enough so um yeah so your hands are up here by uh yeah you're they're up they're not down shoulder mention your
3: shoulders so people can picture your shoulders
1: anyway there's only one place to put it and that's low and if if the guy happens to make a miraculous kick save or something like that all right but you know it's just uh it to me that was the I know there have been some really, really bad penalties taken in the history of the game, but that one rates right with the worst.
0: But it's not only that. It's the type of guy that he is. What did he bring to the team? Almost nothing, to be honest. Very, but we, don't, very but we don't know. You don't know that, no, John. No, in, no, no. In terms of, in terms of the of, I'm not talking the locker room or maybe he's a friend of everybody or the funniest guy. or No, I don't care about that right now. I'm talking yeah. the field. I'm talking the okay. field. on the field. He broke very, very little. Limited. I mean, a guy from college can give me more. He was limited. Yeah.
1: Yes. And that wasn't just advertised per se. It
0: it was the worst, the worst lefty shot that I can remember in the world.
3: Oh, you're just pissed off because he's a lefty.
0: He shouldn't be lefty.
3: now, Now I get it. Now I get your why you're I so would mad. say because I would he's say a lefty and he let you down. That's what it's all about. He's a, t- a, it, about.
1: He, he's, a uh, he's a typical lefty is the way I would look at it. Wow.
3: <laughs> you only say that because he's like five countries away from, you now,
1: John. I can, I can take him to the sixth. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's, uh, what an end of the season. Eh? Yeah,
2: well, we'll we'll talk a little bit about. Maybe some of those dialogue comments a little bit more coming up here in a minute and as we kind of think about next season. Um, but real quick, guys, let's just touch on some of the other matches because there were some crazy – we didn't have the only crazy game yesterday. I mean, Columbus, uh, a 3-2 win over the Red Bulls. How about San Jose and Sporting KC, two late, late goals, and then Tim Milia, you can't get by that guy. It's too bad we, you know, New York City didn't have – yeah, him and goal or, um, I mean, he was just fantastic. Uh, and then the shootout in Portland. I mean, Dallas gets a goal in the 93rd minute to tie it up. After Portland takes the lead in the 82nd minute, and then that one goes back and forth, eight seven the final there.
3: Well, can, can, can we talk about can we talk about Portland's defending in the last few minutes and, and defending on that goal?
2: That's been a problem all season long. Can, That's can, been their case still all season long.
3: Yeah, because goals. I mean, I know they've been allowing allowing a lot of goals past the 75th minute, like some ridiculous amount. But you're defending a lead, and you're playing such a high line. I mean, and then uh, who's number thirty-three for uh, for Portland? Uh, the the central defender. Maviala. 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 Yeah. I mean, he got beat so badly in that foot race by Pepe. That was insane how how badly he got beat.
1: Well, what well, happens well, is it's it wasn't as much. Double his age. Much, <laughs> <laughs> is
0: thirty-three, and and Pepe is. Uh, um 17 yeah peppy 17 he's 12, i'll look at I it like again him.
1: but sometimes when you when you say a foot race in those situations number one yeah they were playing a high line and they didn't anticipate that it was going to be a first time ball over the top they had they just didn't react to it at all or anticipate it at all and but the thing you always have to remember a defender is facing up the field at the point of contact, the attacking player is facing towards the goal. So when that ball is struck, it's just like, you know, it's just opposite movement. And by the time he turned and went, it was it was too late anyway. And that's why players get in a lot, even when they're slower than the defender chasing them. Then they can just seal them off and then get to goal. But uh, but why wow. are they playing so high? I,
0: I I'd have to see the whole play to be able to explain home, it. They want to finish that there. They don't no. want to. Go- extra time or anything but the story of that game I
1: is, how about, i thought the story of that game was uh Mau- Maurer, the the goalkeeper for uh uh dallas who played for Gio, savarese yes on a couple of titles mm-hmm. he's 32 years old hasn't played a lot of games in mls he's playing in place of jesse gonzalez because gonzalez gets in trouble and gets shipped out by the club and and he uh he comes up with this uh save
0: on uh Via Fania. Via Fania. Mm-hmm. And the, game, the game, that game's game, over. That game changed when Williamson was out uh, injured because they, Williamson and, and Diego Chara they change their role constantly. They they have a really good synergy between them and they changed, you know, the situation. So sometimes Chara stays and Williamson go and then sometimes the opposite. But when they had to make that substitution and uh, Paredes came in, Paredes is more attacking player, Yeah. and Chara has to be all the way in the hole, and that changed the complexity of the way that uh, Portland played. Well,
1: yeah.
3: and look, F- FC Dallas give the, give them credit and give their kids credit, and they play the kids, and they keep on playing them, and uh, the team uh, found a way to, to to get a win out of that. I mean, a, a, to tie that game in the night in ninety third minute.
2: On the road.
0: It wasn't beautiful. <laughs> no, it t- was not. I'll tell you that much.
2: Well, how, and how about, guys, the, the final few minutes of San Jose in Sporting KC? First, how about that assist from Kyrie Shelton, former player for New York City FC, as we all remember, to uh, what looked like would be the game-winning goal. And then you just – you never can count John San Jose out. I mean, you just, just you can't. And then, once again, you. they prove – they find a way to get the equalizer – um sporting KC has 10 million he came up huge in goal but man it's it's just until the last whistle san jose is going to
0: fight yep i told you guys i don't ha- i don't want anything to do with an almeida team in a one-off elimination game it's just so much hard and work and at the same time tactics i mean that team did a lot of good movement tactically and uh, not only the pressure, I mean, everybody just focused on the pressure and, 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 and the defensive side of, of their game. But, but San Jose did so much on the tactic side. And it was a really nice game. I mean, Kansas, Sporting Kansas City played really good too. And uh, I remember saying here that Burmese, you know, played the kids, right, most of the, most of the year. Uh, but uh, the 11 that he played against San Jose was a really good 11. The only, you know, youngster was Busio and his core. But other than that, he, you know, managed this, the the absences really well, including Polito.
3: Uh, I have so. a question for you, John, because I mean, you're you're closer to this than most of us. Um, uh, I made that after the game, said that he, had to th- he needed like three or four days to think about his entire situation. What's your read on that? Do you think he's going to stay? Because I know earlier in the season he had said, you know, basically he made a commitment that he was going to stay through the end of his contract. This sounds like he wiggles a little bit on that and that uh, there might be something different. Or do you think it's a little bit also of possibly a ploy So the team spends a little bit more money on talent. So that way uh, he has a more competitive team next year.
0: Yeah, it's normal. I mean, I think, I think it's normal for him to say that kind of stuff. It it hasn't been an easy year. Uh, He's a really personal guy. He takes relationships really, really, you know, to the core of his life. And, and this year is very strange for him. So, one of the things that he always said was that he, you know, the roster wasn't, he didn't say good enough because he respect the players that much. Right. But he understood that they were really below, you know, the competition level. Mm
4: -hmm. So
0: he has a four-year contract. And I think it's smart for him to say that kind of stuff and put the front office on notice, you know? I mean, we need to get into agreement of, how are we going to make this team really competitive? I mean, look what he did. He took against the winner of the conference, a team that has probably nine years of process, because even playing the kids, that is a process with Peter Vermees, mm. and he took them to penalty kicks, right? On the road. On the road. Yeah, okay, let's say they are in, you know, a full stadium, They have fans, yes, but no full stadium. The pressure may be different, but still, I mean, he competed until the last second that he could this year.
3: That's extraordinary. It really is. For him to do that with that team is great. He turned
0: around a situation in which, you know, most of the people will just throw the towel and leave. I mean, I'm I'm getting Uh, beat every other day. So,
3: and, And to your point also, not only do we need Almeida to stay in MLS, we need more Almeidas in MLS. We need more of those types of coaches that live and die and breathe the game and bring a different perspective from the outside to uh, to, to help elevate this league and uh, elevate the current talent pool that we've got.
0: I mean, I love the diversity that the league has, you know, gotten the last years in terms of coaching not only South Americans. I'm not pushing people because it's South Americans. It's just I love Patrick and what he brought to the table. And Dome brought his own stuff too. And those kind of things, you know, help a lot uh, to the growth of the players and the league. Um, But more than living and having passion and all that, which is important, it is just that. I mean, it's making players better. That's the big point. All right.
1: Who's going to get the job at D.C. United? What else is open? D.C. and Atlanta still? And- yes, LA. D.C., Atlanta, Galaxy. And the Galaxy. Yes, of course. We don't, I guess there's no... It's been very quiet on all those three fronts as far as uh, any of the uh, people who cover the teams closely coming out with anything.
3: Well, D.C., as far as we've read, they've interviewed quite a few people already, and uh, they've narrowed down who they're... Um, you know, who they're selecting.
2: But uh, yeah, we still don't know. What well, if you get interviewed? Can I be your agent?
1: Sure. Are okay. you <laughs> I'm
2: thinking like the <laughs> what's writers. your
1: fee? Wait, what's your fee before I make an agreement? 10 percent. 10 percent.
2: But you don't worry. Expanded? I'll have some like built in for your Like in your contract, though, we'll have like nap times. Um, we'll have extra snacks, you know, like it'll be it'll be. Don't worry. I'll take care of you.
1: It's French coffee. press or coffee? French press a, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot of demands, and I'm going to be like Dome. I want red wine after every game.
2: A nice grill, (laughs) a lot of barbecue.
3: (laughs) But also, you've got to write into his contract that he's got to have dinner with all of us after the game.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, boys. Um, You know, we can start now, at least from the New York City perspective, to turn our attention to 2021. I know there's still Champions League. uh, Yeah, there's still that. But as look, just going back though to that initial clip Glenn played.
0: We can play and, without Goody, Conca Champions.
2: Okay. <laughs> Roberto's sending, I mean, John's sending him, uh, he's never going to play again in New York City uniform. He might never be allowed back in America <laughs> to John. But he, wait a minute, John,
1: uh, John, you, Inga or Goody Torres? Oh, pick oh my one. God.
0: Pick one to stay. Up, I I keep Inga and we just throw high balls, long balls all the way. <laughs> okay. okay. We he don't does have do, a tactical we, thing. Yeah. We, yeah, we don't throw the ball at his feet. So,
1: right.
2: but but just going back to the clip Glenn, pay, Glenn played at the beginning of the show, look, there's um, two ways to look at it there's the, the tactical approach. And then, uh, as we heard from Dyla, and I think Roberto spoke really well about it, just the need to get players with a winning mentality into the locker room. So, Roberto, I start with you uh, as we wrap this the show up. But is is this off season should it be more about identifying either potential DPs, uh, another striker, or at the end of the day, is it just let's get guys who have proven they know how to win at, from different places all across the world and can bring that mentality into New York City FC? What's more important?
3: Uh, see, I, I, I look at it from a different perspective. I don't think that you're looking just for one little thing, right? You know, this, isn't the, this is not the one thing that's going to do. I think you need to look at it in approach from different levels because there might be some players that are going to be leaving, and so you've got to replace them. But also, uh, I feel that
0: How there's a marketing
3: be? aspect to all of this as well, aside from a sporting act, uh, part of this as well. And I think that they need to bring in, being this New York City, that they've got to bring in recognizable players who can still play, you know, not, not guys at the end of their career who are shot, but recognizable players who can still play because you still have to sell tickets, sell T-shirts, uh, do all, all, all of those things. At the same time, you need to bring in, as I said, winners who are going to help you uh, get over the hump because you have the raw talent to be able to win a championship you just need that little extra push that's going to get you
1: there so i love i, I love. Doing, have to
3: look at them both
1: from i love both doing approaches. this on i love doing this on zoom you know we used to just kind of not see each other when we did this so the whole time you've been talking john's just been shaking his head
3: yeah i know i'm yeah, trying yeah. not to look at him because i'm trying to concentrate <laughs> on what i'm thinking and i you know let john say what uh what, what he feels but oh, now. Um, but I, I do feel that those, those things are important. You're asking me to look at it from that perspective. And to my perspective, there's more than you know. Just you know, what are you doing to get to that extra win? There's got to well, be a lot more to it.
1: I think they, David Lee's next interview. He's got to address this because Ronnie brought it up. Ronnie said it clear as day. And the last time David Lee was uh, interviewed briefly for the uh, Yes Network, uh, that like not a pregame show, but they did a uh, that half hour show they did as a preview to the uh, playoffs. And the only thing he said there really is that they, they are focused on an attacking play. If they had one player to, you know, and with Mitriza gone and, you know, not having a backup for Tati at striker and all these things, that, that seems to make sense. And with uh, Morales at 33 years old and out a lot of the season injured, um, it would seem that side of the ball is, uh, but that he said, that's, you know, all things being equal, that's where we are putting our emphasis. But there was no mention of uh, left back. Or, or character which you know I don't want to say that's a given you know even though that's what he would say if I asked him yeah that's a given he, he
3: might give you a different response today than he gave before the last game that the team played
1: yeah I think he's got to address specifically what Ronnie Dyla said I don't have the players, and I tell you Ronnie kind of intimated maybe even the staff he said st- and he talked about himself being better too so I mean it was like he, uh, but I think he was mostly uh, referring to the players' lack of a it, winning mentality. It wasn't too bad an
0: idea if he was him the one to replace.
1: Who's that, Dyla? <laughs> yeah. I looking don't to, agree. You're looking to replace no, him no,
0: already. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they should, but it's not going to be the end of the world. You know, I mean, you can find better coaches to be honest. Well, but I, he, you know, I think he's not doing. You know, looking at the whole picture. What did you think? What did you think good. of? Just doing good. What He's did
1: you think good. of uh, prior to the 2019 season? What was your feeling about, you know, his position as a as a as the head coach of New York City?
0: Well, we do we didn't know that much of him, and I told you many times, as a as a head coach, right? He had a lot of experience being assistant, and he has coach experience was in second division in Spain and right long time ago, so. That wasn't yeah. the case. I mean, he was actually he was actually coming in to to uh, set foot on his head coaching career with NYCFC. This guy is being That's- sold as a winner. No,
1: no, he's being sold as a, a guy who will um, commit to the City Football Group methodology with his own tweaks. A guy who's come in as someone who. Uh, from you know part of it is is generally speaking anyway he develops players and players enjoy playing for him okay uh, tell me tell me their he's had a he's had a level of success you know but you know it's it's at Celtic uh, you know they kind of sort of ran him out of town but a lot of the things you hear there are it was veteran players who didn't feel like changing the way they wanted to play and they just, you know, they didn't they didn't cooperate with him. Right. So I think that the jury's still out on Ronnie Dyla, but the jury was out on Dolmé. To me, John, that was a, well, I, a, a, that was a somewhat political response to the question. What did you think of Dolmé at the end of 2018 leading into 2019? Did you think that, well, if he doesn't come back, then
0: it's, it's not that huge a loss. There's better coaches out there. You know, the same thing. No, no no it all depends it all depends on the process i mean if you're really committed to the process right then but then you have to give him what he wants he's got to get
1: he's got to get a, a full year, well you know whatever they'll give him but he's got to get a full year of normal non-covid uh training regularly well, uh yes. you know i just don't i don't think it's fair to to uh, uh, I I know you had some qualms about how he managed this last no, no, game. No, but, I, which but don't, don't take me wrong. I'm not saying that
0: he should leave. Okay.
1: No, you're saying well, it's all I'm good, saying is that, that
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, you uh, know. Well, I, you know, we don't know but, that. But but, but 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 if you give the guy the time to work, the n- more normal structure of you know of the life, <laughs> going back and could train properly in time and all that, and better players. Then he may try. Why not? Yeah. I'm not saying that he's a bad coach, you know, totally All right. garbage or anything. I don't say that. But then to Roberto's point, in, in terms of the players, who thought that Diego Valeri was recon- a recognizable figure, or that uh, Nicolò Deiro, or that um, Miguel Almirón. And look what those guys gave to those franchises. Not only I, I don't disagree there. I made two different points. Jersey, so. No, I made two different points. You can bring in proven winners.
3: Okay. It helps if you have a ring. But also I said on the marketing side, which is a different point altogether, you've got to bring in also people who are going to attract more people to watch games. Yeah, and you to, win uh, championship, th- th- those are two separate If you win
0: championship, points. the market takes care of itself. That's not necessarily.
3: Easy. Not New York.
0: Yeah, yeah, team has been a
3: winner, and they they they, they can't uh, trust me. If you got Luis Suarez here, the New York Post, the Daily News, the New York Times would be covering the team every single day. Nope, I dis I disagree. I think that they would be. If you got somebody like that in here, they'd be getting a lot more. They'd be getting a lot more press. You, I didn't even bring up Messi, who was, by the way, there was a decent shot he was coming here in two years from now. Okay, I didn't even bring him up. But I mean, whoever you want to, if you want to talk about something like that I'm it will create interest.
1: I'm officially putting this out on video. <laughs> uh, tune to my YouTube channel because you have to see John responding uh, non verbally to everything Roberto's saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, well,
3: I, I feel if, strongly about it. I, I, spirit, I do feel strongly. I've been here my entire, you know, almost my entire life. Um, but uh, I, the, the media responds in New York to big names,
0: to all that to other sports.
3: Even in soccer, I was here during the Cosmos time. Trust me, it was a different ball game. Every, yeah, was a
0: different newspa- era, different every year, newspaper, every newspaper traveled
3: day. with the team everywhere. Yeah,
0: they covered how,
3: them like they covered the Knicks, the have? Rangers, and how everybody else. How many
0: platform do you have? How many? The, the life is different, Roberto. Papers I get almost that. not existed anymore. The what? The papers almost not existent anymore. They're fighting for their life. I get that. But so don't, not, com- don't compare uh, 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 no, the I'm time just... when nobody could cover anything but only in person as today. But yeah, but they don't talk about don't, it, John.
3: Don't, and that's all yeah, the and and they don't, don't talk compare, about it on TV. difference.
0: Don't compare a league that on its own has the the uh, growing process and many franchises that are doing really well with a, almost like a, a league that was one team going around the country and everybody watching that team because the rest of the team were garbage.
3: No, well, well, wait, no, no, no but that wasn't. But that's not the case either, because you got great crowds of places like Portland and Seattle and not only for the Cosmos. No, not only
0: for the Cosmos. Seattle is different. That's why I'm telling you Seattle, Portland, that's different. Mark St. Louis, the same thing at the time. I think,
1: uh, and then the debate will be, will the new stadium be the, exactly. uh, the
3: elixir?
0: To this uh, no, no,
3: no, obviously that will help as well yeah that's obviously going to help
0: i'm actually going to see it the other side the other way around if the stadium news comes out next year at the end of this year the beginning of the year that will yeah. be the excuse to not have more big figures because they had to focus on develop that project well so you know, I think most that- more
1: importantly, I think from a sporting side, you know, more importantly, and and we hear we well we heard mostly from Claudio Reyna on this, the former sporting director, is that the uh, the the building of the stadium uh, takes precedence over uh, acquiring a, a second team, and 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 getting them, you know, off the ground and and the budget that it would take and the and the effort that it would take, so. That to me, that's the next step: is to to get that second team. Haven't heard anything more about that MLS reserve league. You know that was uh, that story was broken a couple of months ago. So, not sure exactly where that's at. I asked one person in MLS about a month ago, and they there was nothing. So,
0: um, I actually have an idea on on you know on the spirit of this debate and the roster of the team. Um, and and mixing with the papers and the newspapers, and the New York press. You guys know very well, for example, when the baseball season ends, both Daily News, New York Post, they do who stays, who goes, right? And they list player by player, and they explain why in bold he should go, he should stay, he should, we should do that. We should do that with, with one of the episodes that we are having in front of us with the team not playing anything, waiting for CONCAC champions, you know, with, with no ability to cover the team on the field. And I think analyzing those players and... Yeah, as long as we
1: have reasons for each one, I, I have no problem with that. And you know what? I, I do have a, an active blog on my uh, glenncrooksfocker.com. Nice plug. Uh, everybody go to my webpage, please. Uh, and then uh, I could actually no write... I could write up our uh, Soccer in the City with, uh, with our picks, you know? <laughs>
2: I can it's tell a little, you a couple of Johns who's not staying already. <laughs> like I, there's some pretty I, clear indications. No, I told you that guy right staying. now
0: for the third time today.
2: That's, you know, let's save that for another podcast. All right, boys. All right, well, all right. Listen, we will certainly, um, you know, keep an eye on the rest of the playoffs and continue to do soccer in the city. Uh, we, we love doing the show and bringing it to everyone, so that will continue on. Of course, we're sad to see New York City FC seasons come to an end, but
1: love, love's kind of a strong word, uh, Tom.
2: well all right glenn crooks we we thoroughly enjoy all right Um, right. so let's go around the room that's the heineken yeah that's the (laughs) heineken let's uh let's tell people where we can you know we can still follow you guys and and keep aware of what's going on in the soccer world glenn start with you
1: Uh, yep i'm at glenn crooks and uh continue with my serious x mfc show the coaching academy which uh Who do I have on this week? Oh, I got a guy from uh, I'm running on a guy from uh, Des. His name is Des Buckingham. He's the assistant manager at Melbourne city, which is a city football group, a satellite uh, club. Brilliant guy. Uh, John, you're especially going to want to listen to this show. Uh, You just very. uh, He's a guy He's 35 years old. Uh, He's going someplace. That's all I can tell you. He's going to be, maybe he'll be the manager of New York city FC one day. Who knows? And, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, I've got that show, Tom, I've got my, uh, I, I talked about my website. I've got uh, a blog. I've got my on frame podcast, which I'm uh, continuing. So there's all kinds of stuff going on and, and, uh, yeah, tip. All
2: right. <laughs> uh, that's Roberto.
1: Well, um, I'm still on it.
2: Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For and Rob
3: Abramowitz, so you can follow me there. Roberto Abramowitz Oficial on my Facebook page and uh, Roberto Abramowitz on, on Instagram. I'm switching footballs. Um, well, I've already been uh, half and half on the other football, so I'll be concentrating a lot more on NFL now. So uh, I'll be doing uh, no quite a few uh, Jets games on the Jets app and uh, <laughs> 92.7 FM. Uh, well, you're going to have
1: a massive number of listeners for those Jet games, man. I, mean, I don't know if you'll be <laughs>
3: You know, there, there's quite a, I will tell you something. There's quite a few uh, Spanish football fans, Spanish language football fans. You have no idea. It's crazy uh, how much they are.
1: I'll so, still turn on a damn Jet games. I, I tell you, I, I just, it's, it's tough, man. i tell you, when it's in your heart and yeah. a, cl- a team you followed since you were a little boy, you know, it's hard. It's hard it's to a race, say. It's
3: a race for Trevor Lawrence. And at the same time, you're looking at a whole bunch of young kids that you hope that are
2: well, serviceable
3: for the Jets go- going forward. As so a,
2: we're doing. So I'm doing that, yes. No, I was, you know, look, as we're all broadcasters, so Roberto is doing something that only a few people, you know, in the world get to do, and that's called NFL games. So I do that. Even though it stinks to be a Jets fan. Yes. You know, props <laughs> for you, Roberto.
3: Thank you. That's
1: well, not, also, now, you used the word love earlier. Stinks is not a strong enough word to describe the uh, – the, uh, the, the feeling of
3: being the 0 and <laughs> 10 Jets. Uh, who have never been Owen 10 in their lives. But I'm also working for uh, CBS doing uh, uh, the occasional games and uh, on CBS via SAP uh, for the NFL when I'm not doing the Jets. And uh, come December, I have uh, two double headers on NFL Network, um, which is uh, going to be December Saturday, December 19th, Saturday uh, December 26th. Games haven't been announced yet, but uh, those games I'll be doing on SAP uh, for NFL Network.
2: All right. Which is
3: ja- shared here and in and in
2: uh, Latin America. John Rojas is in Colombia on extended vacation.
0: It's not actually a vacation. Everybody's working here, but yeah. we, re- <laughs> we we retired to our uh, quarantine right. phase. <laughs> so we're going to be here the holiday season. And uh, That's I'm going awesome. to keep uh, starting the game. I have a few things to do when it comes to starting the game and people can follow me on Jade Rojas eight, seven, five. That is on Twitter.
2: All right. I am T Colker on Twitter for Glenn, Roberto and John. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of soccer in the city.